Hello, North New South Wales family. It is Pastor Norman Hurlow and Pastor Michaela Truscott coming to you from Avondale College Church on the college campus in Kurumbong. And we're really excited to dive into the lesson for this week for January 30, 2021. Now, just briefly, Mickey, what is the lesson about this week? Um, the lesson this week is based on Isaiah the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament, chapters 9 through to 12, and it's all speaking about peace. Oh, first day of their Sabbath afternoon introduces this idea, the Prince of Peace. And um, there are some cool stories about the guy who created the atomic bomb, yep. <laughs> Alfred Nobel, who um, invented dynamite, and how the reality is our world hasn't known a lot of peace. It hasn't. Even though many leaders and many people who speak their wish, their desire, their goal is to have world peace, but yet it seems to be an elusive reality. Mm, it's hard to grasp. But even the promise in the Bible is that there will be a prince of peace. Now, this word peace in Hebrew, what is it? How is it articulated in Hebrew, Mickey? Well, the Hebrew word for peace is shalom. And you might hear people say Shabbat Shalom, that means like Sabbath peace. But Shalom goes through um, so many other meanings. It has so much more depth to it than just the word peace itself. Um, shalom means harmony. It means wholeness, completeness, welfare, prosperity, tranquility. There are so many things encompassed in this sense of peace. It's not just sitting in, in you know, contentment. It's, it's a whole place. It's a full place. And so I love that idea that this piece that the Bible is talking about is not just freedom from conflict, yeah, which is often the, the very limited scope that we think of when we think of peace, but rather this capturing the sense of, no, this is where things are not just free from war and conflict, but they actually, there prosper. is harmony. There's harmony. They prosper. Mm -hmm. There is wholeness. There is completeness. There is tranquility. Mm -hmm. Don't we long for that? Definitely. <laughs> yep. And so this is the promise that we're going to dive into and look at and see just how do we engage with that? Is it possible? Can it be a reality for our lives? Um, so on Sunday, um, Mikia talks about um, this prophecy that we read in Isaiah 9 verse 1 to 5. Mm -hmm. And it focuses on a promise for an area, a geographical area. In Galilee, the end of gloom for Galilee. And, and this is where Jesus was born. This is where a lot of the story of the New Testament unfolded with Jesus and his disciples. It is in Israel, just below Syria. Now, a question I'd ask, here's this promise about an end of gloom for Galilee. Mm -hmm. Has Galilee known a lot of peace in um, its story? Looking historically, it probably hasn't. There's been a lot of turmoil and uprising and Pon Paul Galilee. Yeah, and so, which begs the question, this prophecy we believe is true and accurate, and we believe that it is, has been, and is moving towards fulfillment. Mm -hmm. So what peace is it talking about? Well, I think it's speaking of that shalom peace that we referred to earlier, that wholeness, that tranquility, that completeness. It's not speaking of like a forced sense of peace, like... The people aren't forced into calmness and sudden, you know, worldwide 
agreement. You know, it's like yeah, it's a personal piece. Yeah, that's a very important idea you touched on there. Peace cannot be forced. Yeah. If we try and force it, then we're actually working against it. Well, I feel like that's where wars come from. You know, people are forcing peace and in in the way to get to peace they're fighting. Like yeah. it's it's not it's not generating a peaceful environment. Okay, so this is not something that can be forced. This is something that probably has to be inspired or nurtured or cultivated or imparted, gifted. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if we're not seeing it on the political or physical realm, mm-hmm. yeah. then what is this talking about? How do we access this piece? Well, obviously I think the piece needs to come from your more like spiritual side, obviously, because this piece spoiler alert comes from Jesus and a relationship with him. Um, it's a, it's a personal connection that, um, then influences you to act peacefully within the world that you live in. And hopefully that sparks peaceful connections. Hey, talking of Jesus, he, he made some comments about this piece. Yeah. And I think you've got a Bible verse there that we'd love to read out. It's in John. John. Um, Those of you, if you want to turn there John with us 14 27 john 14 27 because yeah spoiler alert um, <laughs> we kind of identify this person that will bring peace yes that will um issue in this peace as being jesus christ yeah when he was in galilee and talking to his disciples he actually said them from jerusalem but these yeah. words but he yeah. did a lot of his ministry in galilee he spoke about this peace, peace. That could come and would come and that he could give. What does he say? Yeah. So in John 14, 27, Jesus says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Okay. So immediately Jesus there makes this contrast. Mm -hmm. There is a peace that the world kind of strives for. Strives for. And tries to give. Yep. But the peace that he's offering is different. Mm Mm-hmm. One way that I've tried to make sense of it, Mickey, is just looking at our life on different planes or different aspects or areas of our life. We have the political, the, the social, the spiritual, the emotional, the relational, the communal, mm-hmm. and then the physical. Um, I think I mentioned that. But <laughs> we're, so it's like, it seems to be almost this hard thing to grasp in the political, physical space. Yeah. But here I think Jesus was inviting us into an inner peace yeah that really impacts our spiritual reality mm-hmm. our emotional mm-hmm. reality yeah. and our relational reality mm-hmm. um a commentary in the bible that i have niv study bible says what jesus was talking about here was total well-being and inner rest of spirit and fellowship with god mm-hmm. so this is the gloom or the end of gloom that he was promising to Galilee. Yes. And I believe we can access that. 100%. But how? <laughs> okay, Monday. Good question. Monday jumps into further in the prophecy in Isaiah chapter 9. And I'd love to read it. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. Here's what it says. For unto us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called 
wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. There it is. Mm -hmm. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. And then I love how it finishes off this verse. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Mm-hmm. Which is a beautiful promise in itself. Yeah. This is not something God is saying we need to work at. We need to um, make sure it happens. Mm-hmm. Who does he say is going to accomplish it? Jesus. The, the zeal of, the, of zeal. the Lord yeah. will accomplish this. Okay. But what are some of the promises or, or some of the pictures of what this child is and what this child will bring? What popped out to you as we're reading there? Um, just the fact that his government and its peace will never end. Like, you know, this, I think in Australia, we change prime ministers quicker <laughs> than a lot of things. Um and, you know, you see governments fall, you see governments end, you see the unrest that was in America, yeah. you know, you see that. And it's Jesus' government and, and the peace it brings will never end. Like, you can consistently trust on that being um, constant and never, never wavering. Yeah, that is beautiful. Then the title that it gives, Wonderful Counselor, mm-hmm. Mighty God, this child that's going to be born, Yep, he's going to have an everlasting government. But he also carries these titles. Everlasting Father and Prince of Peace. Do you think this could be assigned to a human king or a human leader? No. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of these titles... Because it talks about the throne of David, which Mm -hmm. David was a human. And often they would give kings these majestic titles, if you will. Yeah. But they couldn't fulfill the majestic titles because they would die. (laughs) Yeah. And so it draws on this imagery of this human kingdom or, but even David's kingdom, it was the promise of the future reality that God would bring and God was working out through his people. Mm -hmm. So it draws on that imagery and, you know, promises justice and righteousness. But then as you point out that this is an everlasting kingdom. Mm Mm-hmm. So many things allude to the fact that this cannot be just a normal human child or a Norman, normal, <laughs> a Norman. <laughs> not a Norman, a normal human king. Yes. Okay. So who do we obviously believe this is pointing to? Jesus. Yeah. Now, something that is interesting, Jesus' name. What is the name that he was given? What does it mean? Oh, what does it mean? Okay, so the name he was given was Jesus. In the Hebrew, Yehoshua. Yehoshua. And it means... The Lord. The Lord is salvation. Yes. The Lord is our salvation. Yes. And one of the interesting realities is that Isaiah also means... Salvation is from the Lord. Salvation is from the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. And so here, this man who carries the name, salvation is from the Lord, is speaking about... This peace and the promise of this government that will come that is everlasting, that will issue in the kingdom of God. Mm. And this child, the name that he was given, 
his salvation is the Lord. Yeah. So a lot of these prophecies, we believe, point to Jesus Christ. And he was the only one who kind of fulfilled them in any way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. Cool. We're going to jump over to Tuesday because it carries on in the prophecy in Isaiah chapter 9. Um, and But in Isaiah chapter 9 to kind of the end of chapter 10, mm-hmm. talks about the theme of God's anger. Yes, God's anger. It's quite mm. an interesting topic because often we, you know, we just think of God of love, God of grace. Which he is. Which he is. He is, yep. definitely. But, you know, our God is also spoken of as a jealous God and he gets angry. And I don't know, Norm, what do you, what do you think this God, God of anger theme presents? You know, it's something that I've often struggled with because when I get angry, mm-hmm. often it's because of selfishness. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> often it's because of like, uh, I was offended. I was hurt. I was wounded. So mm-hmm. I'm going to get angry yeah and it's very easy for us to transfer our experience onto god exactly yeah. and a lot of people they're like well if god gets angry why would i want to serve a god like that mm. that's just a selfish self-satisfying god exactly because we attribute the anger that we have like often we often we sin in our anger so we think how is this perfect god going to be a god of sin is he like is he angry when he like is he like you know does his anger lead to sin does his anger lead to sin exactly but for him to be god and for us to be a loving and a just and righteous god he can't sin yeah so what is this anger it's a good question and how does it relate to us more importantly what does it lead to what does it lead to so one of the things when i try and make sense of this looking at the story of Israel and um, I think of when God saw his people being oppressed mm-hmm. and it made him angry yeah so one of the things that really seems to anger God is not his own ego yeah. <laughs> or his own selfish interest mm. but when he sees his children suffering yeah like oppression when, and injustice yeah Oppression, injustice, pain that is being inflicted on others, mm-hmm. often by his people. Mm-hmm. That's when he gets angry. And there's a term that has been phrased, righteous anger or righteous yeah. indignation, mm-hmm. which is moved and motivated by justice for others and care and concern and empathy for, for others, as opposed to what we'd say selfish anger. Selfish anger, exactly. And most times when God is angry because he sees the pain and suffering of people, it moves to positive actions on behalf of those people. Yes. Yeah. And so here God is getting angry mm-hmm. with the nation of Israel. Why? Well, they're pretty disobedient. They're consistently not listening to the prophets he sends or the, the guidance he provides. And I don't know, that would make me angry. (laughs) And it's it's more just, you know, not because you're not listening to me, but look at what it's doing. Look at what it's doing to you. Look at what it's causing for other people and for even the people in your own nation. Mm -hmm. I've given you these laws and these guidelines to protect your relationships with each other and with me, but you're just 
flaunting that. Mm-hmm. And so what you're actually doing is damaging and destroying relationships and people. Mm-hmm. And I think like, you know, God obviously created us and I don't know what it's like to be a parent. I'm not one, but I think seeing someone you created consistently making a harmful choice to them, someone who you love so much could only make you frustrated. And it's so from a, from a parent's perspective, <laughs> yeah, it is kind of like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not angry and I don't despise my child yeah. when I see my child doing something, but rather I go, you know what, if you continue in that path, mm-hmm. it's going to lead to major pain in your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so any kind of um, bringing about punishment or consequences mm-hmm. or um, enacting consequences is my attempt as a loving parent to protect you from future pain and future harm, which is going to be more destructive than any consequence that I bring mm. upon your path. So I'll, and one of the best examples for me is, you know, as a child, when they small and they see a fire and they want to go touch the fire. Yeah. Now you as a parent know, okay, if you go and put your hand in the fire or fall in the fire, yeah. that pain and that anguish, that the scar of that experience is going to be with you forever. And mm-hmm. I want to protect you from that. Mm-hmm. So I will maybe hold you back, which is going to be frustrating <laughs> for the child. Yeah. And I might even give you a tap on the hand and yeah. say no, yeah. which is going to be frustrating for the child. Yeah. But it's all out of my love and care for you and desire for you not to experience a greater pain, a greater pain mm-hmm. and the outworking of your choice. Yeah. But sometimes as parents, <laughs> we see that some choices or some a, a particular path you walking is going to lead you to pain, mm-hmm. but it might be a good thing for you to experience the natural consequence mm-hmm. and the natural outworking of your choice. And so I will step back as a parent yeah, and say, I'm gonna okay, out <laughs> Noah, you jump off that very high <laughs> platform whatever it is yeah. and yep i don't think you'll break your leg it's not that, it's not high, that high. <laughs> but i do think it will be a painful experience yeah and you'll look back on that and go okay probably won't do that again probably won't do that again. and maybe you won't be there the next time to supervise the experience but he would and have learned he would have learned and won't encounter. continue it he would have learned from that suffering yes learning from suffering that's an interesting point there it is way. do you want to elaborate more on that one well there's a question on the on the tuesday lesson and it says how has god used suffering in your own life you know maybe to turn you from a wrong what do they say a wrong course or maybe a painful experience as we were talking and i personally think that god can use suffering to you know to protect us from either you know bigger future pain or just make us make us more well-rounded people. I don't think he causes that suffering. Yeah, I think that's important. And I think it's a very important to note that I don't think God's like, oh, actually, you need to be humbled a little bit. Have a bit of this pain. Have a bit of that pain. You know, a lot of people have that idea. And I don't think God goes around sprinkling pain and suffering into people's lives. No. Um, but I do think he uses the results of our choices, whether that and be. sometimes the results of other people's choices. And the results of other people's choices, exactly, because not all pain and suffering is 
caused by us personally, but can be caused by someone else and then that affects us negatively. But I think God can bring such redemption and such um, healing from those suffering spaces so that we can then minister to people in a more whole shalom kind of way. Ooh, yeah. love how you brought that back around. So <laughs> what you're saying is sometimes in our suffering and pain, he can lead us to a purpose. Yeah. That sure. is that brings peace and brings restoration, brings mm-hmm. wholeness mm-hmm. for sometimes ourselves and others, and others because of the experience of our pain. Yeah, definitely. Love that. <laughs> That's powerful. Then moving on to Wednesday. Wednesday. Um, we now in Isaiah chapter eleven, and talks about the the root or the branch mm-hmm. from the root of David, which is. Echoing that the kingdom, often um, the nation of Israel or the kingdom of Israel was described as a tree, a flourishing tree mm-hmm. um, that, you know, planted by David in, in Psalms, you know, planted by the river. That's this beautiful picture of flourishing and at peace, shalom in the kingdom of God. But here it talks about it being a stump. Yes. So tree wasn't so flourishing anymore. But stump. that out of this, what seems to be a doom and gloom Mm -hmm. god can bring something beautiful god Mm -hmm. can bring newness and restoration and out of that what seems to be a devastated kingdom Mm -hmm. god is actually going to establish a new kingdom yeah through this child that will be born isaiah 11 kind of brings us into this idea that okay there's going to be a in issuing or a starting of or a, a coming of this child that is going to bring in the kingdom of God. Then also invites us into this idea of a restoration of all things or a um, renewal of all things. Now, question I'll, I'll pose and throw out there is, while we spoke about these different planes of peace or planes in our lives that we can experience inner peace and emotional relational spiritual peace our world is still in turmoil yes our world is still at war we often are still at war Mm -hmm. um our church communities are not often unfortunately these beautiful places of peace and tranquility (laughs) and so this there's a tension there. Yeah. Jesus first coming, this child that was born issued in this kingdom of peace. Yet it hasn't been fully realized. Mm. What is that pointing to or, or, or what does that maybe allude to? I think well, obviously it alludes to the second coming of Jesus. Um, because the work it's not finished yet. Um, yeah. And if he fulfilled the work when he first came, then he would be sweet, you know? Yeah. We wouldn't need him to come back. Yeah. So it's definitely alluding to... Yeah, and so there's this there's this tension, this already but not yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This we're living in, but there's still to come. Still to come, yeah. And one way that sort of helped make sense of it is that, yeah, Jesus, when he came, he, he dealt with the condemnation and the power of sin yeah. in our lives. So we now are freed from that and we can live 
not having to worry about sin's reign and rule over our lives. Yeah. So we can enter into the peace, the the restoration, reconnection, reconciliation with God. Mm-hmm. But the presence and pain of sin still needs to be dealt with in our world. And that is what we look forward to in, I guess, the final consummation of the kingdom of God mm-hmm. and the second coming of Christ when he will put an end to pain and suffering mm-hmm. and the presence of sin in our lives. Mm-hmm. What does Thursday talk about? Thursday. Thursday kind of is, you know, we're coming to the end of the week, so we want to end on a high, I think. Yep, yep. Um, and it's speaking of the comfort, you know, the comfort of God, the um, salvation that is available through him. Yeah, and it compares Isaiah chapter 12, which is a song, yeah, um, with Revelation 15, which is also a song mm. of deliverance, a of song God. of salvation, the yes. song of Moses and the Lamb. This realization that, hey, <laughs> Jesus has come and a child was given and born to us who now forever is the symbol and the means through which we are restored, renewed, saved and delivered Mm. and this promise and this is also touched on earlier in the lessons in the child Emmanuel that Mm. was born that God is with us Um, there's a beautiful movement throughout all of scripture begins right in the creation story Mm -hmm. the whole the, the creation narrative paints this beautiful consummation of creation where God, through the Sabbath, is with his people, is with his creation. Mm -hmm. He rested from all his work and communed with humanity. And there was peace. There was shalom. Yeah. There was Shabbat. Um, But then, a few chapters over, we have the fall, the the disruption of this shalom. Yeah. um, and the situation we find kind of find ourselves in as humanity. Mm. But then the beautiful picture of Scripture, and there was the echoes of this all throughout the biblical story. So when God set up the tabernacle, the tabernacle was you know, the Shekinah glory, the presence of God among mm. his people. They would encamp all around it so that vividly and graphically they would see that God is with them them yeah the temple was that whole idea as well even though there seems to be this disconnection this distortion between god and humanity god's purpose god's zeal will accomplish the reality that he is with us Mm. and that is what the temple was there to symbolize as well and then through the holy spirit jesus saying this you know when he when he left gave that final charge to his disciples um, you know, go baptize, um, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. But lo, I am with you always. And he said, the tangible evidence of that will be through my Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And then finally in Revelation, the song of deliverance of Moses and the Lamb, where Revelation ends, the new Jerusalem coming down to earth. And God is with his people. Mm -hmm. He's among 
his people. And the fact that we read here Jesus, who is God, mm. who the Prince of Peace, that he took on human flesh. Yeah. And forever will be one of us. Yeah. I, I love here in the lesson that it says, not only does the Lord bestow salvation, but he himself also is salvation. Yeah. And um, he became one of us, not not just to bestow it, but to become salvation for us. And and he's, you know, he gave up his heavenly glory and his heavenly realm to walk as a humble man in 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 the streets of, you know, old time Galilee and Jerusalem and things. Um, just so that he could fully understand what we go through and who we are as people on this earth. And we can rest and have peace yeah. in that knowledge and that understanding. Yeah, exactly. That understanding just brings me so much peace because I know that Jesus fully understands my human experience. And that he, through the Spirit, right now, mm -hmm. is with us. Definitely. Mm -hmm. I think that's us for today. That's us. What a beautiful, beautiful picture and promise. And the reality that, yep, while we're still looking forward to and longing for that ultimate peace, mm -hmm. when God fully and finally establishes his kingdom, we can live and enter into it now. Yeah. Through his presence in our lives. And that he invites us, Mickey, to be mm -hmm. the agents of peace yes. in our world. In our world around us. We can't force it. No, can't force peace. <laughs> but we can invite and inspire people mm. to it. We can influence peace. Yes. Mm. Awesome. Will you say a prayer for us as we end off? For sure. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you that um, Norm and I could sit and have this conversation and refresh our minds of the peace that you bring. God, I pray that every listener that is tuning in, that you also refresh peace within them so that they can become agents of change in a peaceful way. Lord, I pray that um, you can stir up peaceful hearts, stir up shalom within them and their families and their lives so that they can then become influencers of peace in the world around us. God, I thank you for the promises that you will return one day and that we can rest in the, in the, in the assurance that you will and that you never run out of love for us. You're, um, you're constantly forgiving and constantly loving, and I'm so grateful for that. So thank you, Lord, for this, um, for this opportunity to spend more time with you, and I just pray that you bless and keep all those that are tuning in. In your holy name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Mickey. Thanks for listening in, and we'll see you next time. Bye.